Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to the Tackle Box. And the Tackle Box episodes, these are just going to be just me, nobody else. Um, we're also not fishing. We're working on the Tackle Box because it's a little messy today. It's a little, little uh, unorganized. And I also have to add some stuff, put some new stuff that I got into it. So yeah, today's episode we're going to be mainly talking about swimming in the Olympics and just my swimming in general. Um, so we'll get started with talking about swimming in the Olympics, which this year for 20, they're considered the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, but it's 2021. So for the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, the U.S. hasn't been doing too hot, um, and there's a lot of reasons kind of like towards that and like why we haven't been doing the greatest. And in my opinion, it's because our team is just too young and too, um, how do I say this? Not like unprepared in a way, but like they just don't understand really how to handle it and like the pressure and stuff like that. I'm forgetting the word for it. Um, but it's not saying that they're like bad swimmers or they're slower, stuff like that. It's just... In 2016, a lot of, like, for example, Ariane Titmus. Ariane Titmus in 2016, she swims for Australia. She was very young. That's why Ledecky had an easy time, you know, winning and beating her and all this stuff. Ariane Titmus over the past five years has obviously grown up, grown into a better swimmer, and now she's able to recognize, like, oh, this is what Ledecky does. This is what I can do to beat her. And which is why in the women's 400-meter freestyle final, Ariane Titmus beat Katie Ledecky, which was a big shocker to a lot of people. But at the same time, if you're a fan of swimming, you know that in 2019, Ariane Timmis also beat Katie Ledecky in the 400 freestyle during world championships. But I thought, I was kind of surprised a little bit because I thought Katie Ledecky would get her because in 2019, Katie Ledecky was like sick during all of this. She was like fighting some kind of like cold or something so she wasn't in prime health and she didn't get beat by that much so seeing her get beat was a little like disappointing but at the same time I respect Ariane Titmus a lot they you know she and Katie Ledecky have incredible sportsmanship and it was a, just a really great race and you know she earned that gold medal and she deserves it um another race but another race that Ariane Titmus beat Katie Ledecky in was the 200 meter freestyle. I don't remember if Ariane Titmus got a medal or not, but I know that Kayla Decky placed fifth, which a lot of people were also very surprised with that. They're like, why is Kayla Decky doing so bad? She got fifth in the 200 freestyle. But you have to remember that Kayla Decky isn't the best 200 freestyler. You know, she's really good. I'm not saying that she's bad or anything. She's very good. She has great speed. She can pace it very well. But, you know, she's more like the 800 and the mile and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, she, you know, I think she had a great race. It's just that field, there's, you know, just some better athletes, better at the 200 than her. In the 4x200 women's relay, that's where it gets a little different. That's where you do see, you know, Katie Ledecky. That was a great decision on the U.S. coach's part to put her on that relay. But when you look at it in a sense of, like, the other girls on that relay, I think some mistakes were made. Instead of Allison Schmidt put on that relay, 
I would have put Simone Manuel. Simone Manuel is just a better sprinter for the U.S. in general. So I, you know, in my opinion, I would have left the three other girls and then put Simone Manuel on instead of Allison Schmidt. I love Allison Schmidt. She's an incredible swimmer. This is her fourth Olympics, you know, an absolute legend. But in terms of like, hey, it's a relay and we want to win gold, I think that um, Simone Manuel would have done better. But it was nice. They still got silver. Still did a really good job. Katie Ledecky had an incredible race, made up a lot of time. And, you know, evidently it was sad to see her get out touched. But, you know, it is what it is. Better than the men's 4x200 relay, which was an absolute nightmare. An absolute nightmare. The lineup was terrible. They put people on this relay, and I was like, why Why are you putting them on? They didn't put Caleb Dressel on, which in that sense, should they have? Yes. Do I understand their decision of why they like didn't? Also, yes. But the fact that Blake Peroni, which probably nobody knows who that is, but the fact that Blake Peroni wasn't on the relay was outrageous. Blake Peroni is one of the best 200 freestylers in the U.S. He's at the Tokyo Olympics. It's not like he didn't make it, but he should have been on that relay 100%, you know. And instead of some of those other younger guys, the younger, more unexperienced guys. And, yeah, so that was also disappointing. What other races did I want to talk about? Ledecky's 1500 freestyle. Back to talking about Katie Ledecky. The 1500 is a new event in the Olympics. It hasn't been um, raced yet. Um, so the 1500 is basically the mile. In U.S., in the yard, it's when it's yards in the U.S., it's 16, it's a 1650, so it's 1,650 yards or 1,500 meters. And this is a race that Katie Ledecky is just boss at. She, you know, she's great at it. Obviously, I would say, in my opinion, I would say that the 800 is like Katie Ledecky's. Like, that's her race. That's what she's most known for. Especially when you see those shots from, like, Rio where she's literally, like, you know, six seconds ahead of, like, second place and stuff like that. You know, that's what she's known for. But the 1500 is also an incredible race for her. And she killed it. It was such a great race to watch. She just kept that same pace the entire time. And it worked in her favor, you know. I think one thing she could have done a little better is at the end just pick it up a little bit more. But I kind of, I understand. She raced the 200 right before then. So, I understand she was tired, all that stuff, you know, but just pick it up a little bit towards the end, because Erica Sullivan, who also not a lot of people knew, I knew Erica Sullivan um, beforehand, but she also, I feel like that was her race. Instead of people talking about, like, Ledecky made history, I think we should be talking about Erica Sullivan a hell of a lot more. Erica Sullivan is 20 years old. She's from... She swam for the Sandpipers of Nevada, which is a swim club outside of Las Vegas. And she is a great distance swimmer. I think she you're going to see a lot more of her these next coming years. And I do not believe that this is going to be her last Olympics. I think that she's going to, you know, keep dominating in this, you know, in this uh, event and maybe some other events too. 
I think one thing Eric Sullivan that like really stood out is that she was in like fourth, fifth, like the entire race, and then that last 300 uh, meters, she just killed it. She just started picking up the pace, just kicking all this stuff. It was incredible to see. And there was a point in that race where I was like, oh my god, like she has the potential to pass Ledecky and get the gold medal, but you know, ultimately. Well, Decky still had that three-second lead and stuff like that. I think they were, like, two seconds behind. But seeing that reaction of, like, Katie Ledecky when she saw that uh, Erica Sullivan got second, that was, like, the cutest thing. Like, I started I started tearing up a little bit because it's just, just great sportsmanship. And also, you know, they, you know, got one-two for the USA in that event, made history together. Just very, very cute stuff. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was probably one of the best races of the Olympics, aside from the men's 100 freestyle. This was Caleb Dressel's first, um, Olympic final, um, of these 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And a lot of people don't really know Caleb Dressel, but, you know, start getting used to hearing his name a lot more because he... He hates when people say this about him, but he truly is going to be the next Michael Phelps. He, you didn't, you didn't, yeah. In 2016, you didn't really hear that much about him just because Michael Phelps was swimming and kind of got shattered a little bit. But at 2019 Worlds, that's when everybody started to realize, like, wow, he is the next, like, huge thing. Not just big thing, he's the next huge thing that is about to, you know, hit the world of swimming and stuff like that. So, he had a great race. I think it could have been a little bit better. But, you know, he swam. He won the gold medal. And his reaction afterwards was, you know, incredible. He started to get really, um, started to get really emotional when he uh, saw his wife and his parents um, on the screen. Because after each race, you know, they go talk to, NBC and stuff like that and NBC has like a little like monitor with like their family on it and the reactions and stuff like that and they can talk to him a little bit and it was just he just was just full of tears and it was very emotional but this morning he swam either prelims or semifinals for the 100 fly and he got an Olympic record on that and you know not even finals yet so Watch out for him in the 100 Butterfly. I don't know when that race is going to be. And tonight, I'm pretty sure that Phoebe Bacon, a uh, Wisconsin Badger, has either her semifinals or her finals for the 200 backstroke. So, representing Wisconsin out there, cheering her on a lot. Um, so, yeah. Also, the Women's IM. This race these two races the 400 IM and the 200 IM made me so mad now listen if you win the gold medal you win fair and square perfectly fine you know you deserve it whatever there's this <laughs> there's this girl I'm not trying to be mean here also I just I don't know I just made me a little mad and stuff like that I was kind of heated in the moment because you know I just want I just want the USA to win and sometimes you know, people like this girl from Japan beat them. She walks out there, and I was like, oh, there's no way she's winning. She has her ears out of her cap. 
She has, like, braces on. She's not young either. It's not like she's, like, 15, 16 years. She's, like, in her 20s and stuff like that, which, like, no shame or anything. Just, like, I literally, I was, like, I was, like, who is this JV swimmer? You know, like, when you think of, like, like, freshmen on JV and stuff, like, like, you haven't really swam before. Maybe you did, like, some, like, country club swimming before and stuff like that. You have, like, your ears out and, like, stuff like that. It just looks just, like like a jabroni you know and if you swam jv don't get offended by this you know it, i'm not talking about my high school's jv team because you know my high school's jv team is great i love our jv team um but yeah i was just ah man i sent like a video to people and i was like i was like what and like how is like somebody who like has their ears out and, like, all this stuff. Like, how do they win the gold medal? But, you know, at the end of the day, she won it fair and square. The U.S. still got uh, second and third, I'm pretty sure, in that race. But, yeah. Um, the men's 800 freestyle. This was a crazy, crazy race. You have Bobby Fink from the U.S. Um, swimming this race for us. And he was in fifth. Every single turn, every single turn, he was in fifth. And then the last 50 meters of this race, he just he just put on, like, the guns, and he just, woo, run, like, swam past everybody and got the gold medal. And that was crazy. I was, like, I saw him turn fifth at, like, the, before, like, the last 100, and I was, like, all right, whatever. I, like, go on my phone, and then all of a sudden I look up, and he's just flying by everybody and gets the gold, so... In the world of swimming, we call that a save-up sally, where, you know, you kind of just swim at your own pace the entire, you know, race or whatever, and then the last, like, 50 meters or 50 yards or whatever, you just give it literally all you have left, and you just, it's crazy. So, he, I think that last 50 he had was 26.5, when usually... They're pacing around, like, 28s, maybe 29s. I'm not sure. I know the women pace around, like, 30 to 32. But, yeah, that was just nuts. And then you have the women's 200 butterfly. You have Reagan Smith getting silver and Haley Flickner getting bronze. There's, I think China won it, but there's this, she just took it out so fast. Like, the person, the girl from China, she took it out so fast all this stuff, and everybody was like, oh, she's not going to be able to keep that pace, and you know what, she kept that pace, she, you know, I was very impressed with that race, she, you know, a great 200 butterflyer, and yeah, Reagan Smith got silver, Haley Flickener got bronze, great, great race, Reagan Smith had a really great reaction to it, Reagan Smith, I never really, uh, never really took her as a, a butterflyer, because during 2019, during those World Championships, she did crazy, crazy well in backstroke. She got the world record in the 200 backstroke, and then she also got the world record in the 100 backstroke. And in these Olympics, for the 2020 Olympics, she didn't even make it in the 200 backstroke. You know, you have Phoebe Bacon, and then I don't remember the other girl's name. But just, like, what? So, came up as our new... Uh, 200 butterflyer kind of knocked out um katie draybot there katie draybot is a milwaukee local if you don't know incredible incredible swimmer won bronze at the 2019 world championships so yeah 
Sorry, Katie, but Reagan is taking over. Talked about uh, Caleb Dressel's gold in the 100 free. We talked about the women's two free relay. Let's see. I'm just looking at USA Swimming's um, page. Oh, my God, Lydia Jacoby. How could I forget to talk about Lydia Jacoby? You probably heard about her, 17-year-old from Alaska winning the gold medal in the 100 breaststroke. Crazy, crazy, crazy race. Everybody was like, Lily King's the favorite, Lily King's the favorite. I was even saying Lily King's the favorite. And all of a sudden, it's Lily King and this other girl, don't know where she's from, my apologies. And then you just have Lydia Jacoby on the other side. The Americans were predicted to go like 1-2 or 1-3. All of a sudden, after like after like the first seventy-five of the race, you see Lydia Jacoby like coming up, you know, coming up and like starting to close the gap a little bit. And then all of a sudden, she just zooms by and gets the gold medal, which was insane. You know, Lydia Jacoby's just a beast, dude. And I was saying, and then the next day I had to go to work, and I was talking about this race and stuff, and my boss had like a class it was like an older class and they're like getting ready to go to swim team and all this stuff and they're talking about breaststroke and this guy he's like trying to like do everything like really really fast kind of similar to uh lily king's thing and i was like no you have to be like you know lily jacoby nice and smooth keep that nice smooth pace the entire time because if you keep that smooth pace It's going to reward you in the long run. You're going to have more energy. And these people trying to go faster, they're going to get tired out. And they're not going to do good. So you have to, you know, really use that energy in breaststroke and really, you know, get yourself forward. And that's what Lydia Jacoby did. And it won her the gold medal. So that was a crazy, crazy race. But, yeah, that was really fun to watch. What else? The women's 100 backstroke. Uh... Don't really know what to say about it. Our backstroke, our men's hunter backstroke too, kind of disappointed. Reagan Smith won bronze. Ryan Murphy also won bronze. Both predicted to be gold medalists. Um, I, I don't know what it is because in that case of Reagan Smith and Ryan Murphy, it's not experience. And also with um, Lily King winning bronze, I think it's just, well, not with Reagan Smith, but with Ryan Murphy and Lily King. I think it's just a little bit too much confidence in this. And, like, going into the race being like, oh, I'm about to win a gold medal. You know, you have to go into the race being like, whatever happens, happens. I'm about to, you know, not look at what other people around me are doing. I'm about to just go and just trust this race. Like, if you watch Lily King's thing, she, you know, the the blow the whistle, everybody gets up on the block, and she stands there for another, like, second or two before she gets up on the block, just kind of, like, admiring everything. I just I did not like that at all. I found it very cocky, and it's just you know, not what I want you know to be representing the USA and in you know in a race like that. Um, Chase Kalis in the four hundred IM, also a really great race. That was you know your typical four AM. You know you have the butterflies go out, backstrokers, and then the breaststrokers just. Whew, sw- uh, swim right by you and finish it off. That was, you know, a great way to start it. And then you have Jay Le- Litherland getting um, 
Silver after Chase Kalis, also in the 4am. That was a great race. You have Kieran Smith getting bronze in the 400 free. The U.S., that's actually pretty good because the U.S. men's, they don't have a lot of good um, long-distance swimmers. So the fact that he got bronze, that was pretty good. Emma Wyant and Haley Flickner getting silver and bronze in the women's 4am. You know, losing by the JV swimmer I was, I was talking about before. That was pretty good. That was a good race. You know, it was fun to watch. Haley Flickner did great. Um, and then you have the women's 4x100 freestyle relay getting bronze as well with... Um, uh, Erica Brown, Abby Witzel, Simone Manuel, and what's this girl's name? I don't know what her name Natalie Hines. That was a pretty good race. Um, we don't really have too many strong sprinters anymore. I think a couple of them retired and stuff like that. So uh, I don't think you could have really changed anything about this lineup. But yeah, uh, that was a good race. What else? What else? What else? Uh, for free, we talked about men's 4x100 relay. That was a great relay. You had Caleb Jessel, Blake Peroni, Zach Apple, and who was the last guy? Bo Becker. Yeah, great race. Got, got the gold medal. Zach Apple did phenomenal. I think that starting with Caleb Jessel was a really, really good idea. You got that early lead. And then you had Blake Peroni and Bo Becker kind of hold it a little bit. They lost it just a tad, but then you ended it off with Zach Apple, who is an incredible sprinter. Our men's sprinters are really, really great. So, yeah, that's about it for, um, for Olympic swimming. But, yeah, this young team, you know, they're struggling a little bit. They're struggling with um, the experience, the lack of experience. And I think one thing, you can't really blame it on COVID and everything, because if you're a good swimmer, you were only out of the pool for like maybe a month. And even then you're doing like a bunch of dry land workouts. Like a month doesn't hurt your swimming too much, unless it's like a month right in front of the Olympics. Like it, say like we still had the Olympics in 2020 in Tokyo. Yeah, that would have, you know, changed a lot of things. But the fact that you had a whole nother year to prepare, that month shouldn't really have meant anything, you know? Which may be, which may sound like a little like, that doesn't really, you know, it was still a big like thing. But I don't know. Especially if you're like somebody like Caleb Dressel or Katie Ledecky, like you found a pool. If you're Caleb Dressel and Katie Ledecky, there is literally, nobody is going to close their pool to you just because you're an Olympian. If you're an Olympian and you have that status, you're going to find a pool and you're going to swim in it, you know, no matter what. I think that the main thing that's happening right now is that we're, the U.S. is kind of like in this spot where we have these like older swimmers who are getting beat out by these younger swimmers. These younger swimmers don't have a lot of experience to, you know, compete in the Olympics and stuff like that. I think next, I think Paris 2024, I think we're going to have another good team. I think we're going to, you know, these swimmers are going to be a little bit more matured and they're going to be able to, you know, get out there and 
we're going to have our great team back. And yeah, I think the one thing that might be throwing some of these um, more experienced swimmers off is the fact that they haven't had a lot of big racing experience this past year. You don't really have too many uh, pro series meets or any of these big high level meets that kind of replicate the Olympics or like nationals or stuff like that. You can't really um, compare them and stuff and everything. So I don't know. I think we're not doing bad. The U.S. team is not doing bad. Could we be better? Yes, but we're not doing terrible. I think now you're going to see Dressel racing a lot more. You still have Katie Ledecky's 800 freestyle some more. You have um, just a bunch more races that I think now the U.S. is going to start picking it up a little bit. And, you know, I think you're going to be seeing a lot more gold medals in these next coming few days. Uh, With my swimming a little bit, um, today was my last practice of swimming. I've been swimming club for 12 years now. And for today to me for today to be my last practice, it was kind of emotional. It was an emotional uh day. It was, it's been an emotional week. But um swimming for me is kind of like my therapy. If you know if you know me, you you know, you've probably heard me talk about this before. But swimming is like the place that I can go for like two hours and you know, just not think about anything. Everything going around around me, I can just be like, all right, whatever. I, you know, put my head in the water and just, you know, focus on this for two hours. And I always say that, like, I don't like the person who I am when I'm not swimming. You know, I just, it just doesn't feel like myself. And for that to be my last practice today, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of strange to think about. It's not like that was the last time I'm ever going to be swimming because I'll swim, you know, for club, for like an intramural thing in college or, you know, even just like on my own. But when you're, you know, when you've been swimming in a, you know, a pool or you've been doing something in the same, you know, gym or whatever for 12 years, you know, two-thirds of my lifetime and having to like step back from that, you know, it's kind of a, it's a, you know, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to process. I gave uh, my coach, <laughs> I gave him a nice little card today. And then me and my friend Alden, we got him a Collectivo gift card because, you know, biggest coffee drinker, you know, I know. And every single morning he'll like brew a pot of coffee for like him and the other coaches. And it just smells amazing. Like it, the smell of coffee just fills the entire pool Oh my god, it's just so so good. And I like ask him all the time, I'm like, Dave, like what coffee do you get? Like I need to get this coffee and stuff like that. And he'll like tell me and stuff. So Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss my coach a lot. He's an incredible coach. And um I, you know, I'm honored to be able to have um been able to like train under him for the past four years. He's the type of coach, I respect him a lot for this, he 
focuses on every person, no matter your speed, no matter your background, no matter who you are, he'll take the time to focus on you and stuff like that. It's not like you see some of these other coaches with like athletes and if your athlete is like really good, that coach is just going to focus on that athlete or the like group of athletes and kind of like shoo off the rest and like, you know, have like other coaches deal with it. But he's, you know, he'll focus on everybody. And I respect that a lot because, you know, like I said, I've had coaches who are just the complete opposite. I've had coaches who, you know, are like children, you know, they just want to, you know, mess around and stuff like that. But yeah, I I got really lucky and I had a great time these past four years. I'll be back during Thanksgiving break to swim, to see him and, you know, swim with some other some old friends and stuff like that so it's not gonna be my last time at the pool but it's gonna be it was my last time regularly training at that pool but now I have the whole month of August I get to I don't have to wake up at 6 30 every morning anymore which is pretty fun pretty nice I get to finally sleep a little bit more go out (laughs) on weekdays because I've usually been like hesitant and been like oh I kind of just want to go to bed early so I'm not like in a crabby mood in the morning but yeah I think in August I need to find something else to do to keep myself active in the first in the second week of August I'm going to uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee so that'll be very fun um, getting to hike around there For this is my family's first national park trip um, since 2019, I think. 2019, I think we might have went somewhere in Arizona. Yeah, we went to a national park in Arizona. Couldn't tell you the name. It's like a weird name. But yeah, so stay tuned for the podcast after that where I talk about all that stuff. Um. Should be fun. I got new hiking shoes for it. And I am so excited to like test them out and see how they do. Because I've usually just like hiked in just my like regular just tennis shoes. And I, there's been some hikes that I just like haven't been able to do because I just don't have the traction for it. So now finally having those like nice like new shoes. I'm very, very excited to be able to see what kind of hikes I can do and stuff and all that stuff. Um, I've been trying to not say stuff like that for a while. I said it a lot in this podcast. Um, I might do a thing where if you count how many times I say stuff like that and you send me, like, the number, I'll Venmo you that that amount of dollars. So if I say it, like, four or five times, I'll Venmo you four or five dollars. So maybe. Not in this podcast. Maybe in a later podcast I'll do that. But... Yeah, I hope you enjoyed. A little shorter episode today, only half an hour, but got a lot of, talked a lot about swimming. So if you listen to that, thank you for listening. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed. Hope that gave some people a little bit more insight into like how I think about the Olympics and stuff like that and how I think about swimming and everything like that. Because I had a text last night saying like, like, oh my god, like, did you see this race and stuff like that? And I was like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, wasn't a great race. And you're like, and they're like, what do you mean? Like, they got, like, silver and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, 
you know, there just some changes that could have been made that could have gotten them the gold. So, yeah, um, I'm excited to watch the rest of swimming in this Olympics and... I'm in the garage recording this right now. My mom is like on the other side of the door. So yeah, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed and I will catch you guys next week. Peace out.